0: 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblinghelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234-NFL one plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame online wager required. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Patriots First and Goal, an exceptionally rare victory version of Patriots First and Goal. <laughs> the Patriots took down the Steelers in primetime on Thursday night, led by Bailey Zappi in the defense, 21-18. I am Alex Shane here breaking down Pat Steelers, Patriots rumors that are swirling right now, and the upcoming no longer Monday night Patriots Chiefs match matchup with my good buddy rich hill rich i'm not gonna lie it feels a little better to be coming back on these airways and talking about a win for once even though the patriots are now out of the playoffs they were knocked out with that Bengals went over the colts uh and i know people are rooting for the tank and they're happy for the draft picks and whatnot but i don't know i think it feels good to win one especially against the steelers there's like a good feeling in the air about this one
1: yeah, totally. I mean like you and I talked about this where you can only be on team tank if they lose every other game for the season other than beating the Jets. Like that that's what we agreed upon as the rules of being team tank. Um beating the Steelers is always fun. That's always a a nice cap to put on there. I don't know, uh you know, beating the Chiefs might fall into that category, but, but uh just destroying the Colts would be the other option, but like it's nice to win this one. Uh I wish Uh, we we were texting about this during the game itself is that like, I I wish that there was a little bit more in the second half because that first half was fun. That was, uh, you know, when Zappy came out last year against like the Browns and the Lions, and it was just like, Oh, what's happening here? Like this is the most exciting offense we've had. Um, That's what this felt like. Second half, everything came crashing down to earth. But for that one half, Alec, it was beautiful.
0: It was rich. That's a good segue. Let's do first in goal. Uh, what the hell was that? What did we witness on Thursday night? Why was it that for that one beautiful half of football? They were calling innovative plays. Zappi was slinging it. I mean, honestly, I would put that second touchdown pass to Hunter Henry up against any throw made in the NFL this season from anybody across the league. That was an absolute dime, well covered guy, perfectly laid out for it. And then I think the longest play in the second half was five, uh, longest drive was five plays in the second half. Yep. Um, Yep. Is this a Patriots team that, like, is it like one last gasp of a dying fish or like one last? punch of a good fighter why was it they had their first competent half of offensive football against the Steelers maybe the inkling of what could be a competent offense in 2024 and beyond
1: yeah I mean like we saw elements of it throughout the year we've seen competent halves before you know think of like the second and third quarters against the Eagles kind of there maybe it was just like the third and fourth quarters we've seen competent halves take place the game against the Bills that was a solid ish outing for the mm-hmm. offense. I think that this was just representative of the Patriots year, where uh, they had a lot of potential. They were hitting the plays that were available to them and then they just turtled up in the second half. Maybe they flipped the script, right? Like every other game with Mac Jones on her center, they would turtle in the first half and then look like they might make an attempt at it in the second half and ultimately fall short. They've never played like a truly complete game this year. Last year, it's been a long stretch since we've seen a very complete game on all facets of the game. And so I think for one half, we saw what it could look like if you gave the quarterback opportunities to go out there and make plays where, uh, you know, obviously Mac Jones was making mistakes on his own with turning the ball over and Bailey Zappi didn't do that for the first half the interception in the second half fairly like was kind of like behind the receiver but also like kind of got deflected mac jones was throwing unforced interceptions but he was seeing ghosts because he couldn't trust the offensive line you put zappy out there he doesn't have those ghosts at this point in time because he's been playing behind a relatively okay offensive line it's not a good one but it's one that isn't letting up pressure every two seconds and so this is what could have happened if the offensive line was playing at this level at the start of the year. I think we we all mentioned that Mac Jones was broken against the Cowboys against the the Saints. His career with the Patriots was over at that point in time and there was no recovering. And that was because of how bad the offensive line was playing over that first stretch of the year. And players were hurt, players ran and out. We now have that settled offensive line that we were talking about before the season even started. What could go wrong? It is now settled. Zappi gets to have that. And maybe, maybe once we get some of the players back, Pop Douglas is able to play moving forward. Juju Smith-Schuster had a good day for the Patriots. Yeah. That was like a really nice gain out there. This is why like it could have been if they had a solid offensive line. I don't think it even has to be Zappy versus Mac Jones either, but it's very clearly too little too late. Very clearly,
0: because the Patriots, again, they are out of the playoffs. They are eliminated. Nothing they can do about that now. And given the recent news this week about how – and I'm very curious your take on this, Rich. People are acting like this Malik Cunningham trip departure. The Ravens signed him off the practice yeah. squad. And there's all these like apparently quote-unquote cryptic messages from Patriots players that somehow mean that his talents were underutilized here. And fans everywhere are acting like this one drive he had in game – three or four of the preseason in the fourth quarter is somehow indicative of this like blown opportunity for this undrafted guy. So yes. it seems to me that this, it seems to me that with, especially with the being gone um, this offense is, is Bailey Zappies from here on out, unless he does something really egregious over the next couple of weeks to hand the reins back to Mac Jones. I just don't see that happening. Do you?
1: Yeah, like, injury aside, uh, or, you know, he throws four unforced picks in a row and gives Mac Jones a chance, and Mac Jones, like, looks good during it, I mean, there's no reason to go back to Mac Jones, unless you're, like, you saw what Zach Wilson did with the Jets uh, this past week, AFC Offensive Player of the Week, over yeah. 300 <laughs> yards, like, two touchdown passes, like, that could be mac jones i don't know <laughs> like maybe that's the yeah. that's the the dream um is that you have him have look like a viable starting quarterback for a week but yeah I don't, I don't see zappy giving it back at any point not because i think he's a franchise player or anything like that but because patriots are scraping the bottom of the barrel like what the heck just happened this past game they had a few good stretches of plays they also uh you know took advantage of their good field position on some of it. You know, one of them, they started on the 11 yard line. I, I, You're getting three points out of that regardless. Two very good drives aside, opening game drive. And then that nearly 60 yard drive touchdown. Um, those were good ones. Uh, and like Zappi was making the passes, the pass to Juju, those two touchdowns to Hunter Henry, beautiful passes. Great touch on those ones. He was not seeing ghosts in the pocket. He was standing up, like standing upright. But we're not going to talk about this being like the ultimate, like oh, Zappy is the guy guy. kind of thing. Because that second half was atrocious, and it just was a reversion back to all of just like the fundamentally boring Patriots football that we've seen over the past couple of years. That's really inexcusable, especially when you look around the league and you see what Jake Browning is doing for the Cincinnati Bengals you're seeing what DeVito is doing for the Giants you're seeing what these other backup players you know Josh Dobbs has had his ups and downs over the year but like you know he had a couple of good flashes with the the Vikings you see these other backup quarterbacks go out there and look competent I don't need them to look like a top five quarterback, but they're looking competent. And that is a testament to the offensive scheme. And what the Patriots are often doing is just reverting back to just boring football. And that's just the most inexcusable thing that you can do. No,
0: it is. And I feel like it used to be a, kind of a by design. They'd get a big lead and they mm-hmm. could protect the lead. And they could change the playbook around. And, and Tom Brady was good enough of a clock manager and an office manager to just throw short passes. It got kind of boring because they had the lead that was situational football. Uh, I think now it's more just like a fighter kind of changes strategy, gets rocked, and just reverts back to what he knows kind of strategy. Yep. Uh, also, I have to add, though, Rich Hill, mm-hmm. like I said before the podcast last week, it's Thursday night football absolutely anything goes on thursday night nothing can be taken at face value because it's a really wonky game but um i don't know again it feels good to beat the steelers it always will be feel good to beat the steelers good to get that mini buy before the chiefs come in however rich hill uh the problem with having a mini buy like this is it gives people in boston media an extra three or four days of nonsense to generate going into the narratives and that's a good <laughs> transition to se- second and goal um which has been the big rumor it's been swirling all year but a kind of a uh progress was made so to speak in this conversation from Tom Curran who's a pretty reliable Patriots beat reporter someone with a lot of clout in the locker room uh he said that he Mm -hmm. had a source that basically the the Colts game in Germany was the last straw Belichick's out after 2023 he then went and walked it back and said I don't know that for sure things could definitely change but that's the general temperature inside the locker room um are you taking are you putting any weight in Curran's comments here? I know we've already talked about is the Belichick gone,
1: is he not, but I feel like this puts a different kind of lens on the conversation. Yeah. I mean, I I think where I uh, I see it is two things. One, it can both be true and things can change, as Tom himself says. Um, you know, if they string together a good final four games here where they look competitive, it's very easy for Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick to have the postseason conversation and be like, maybe it was Mac Jones. Maybe like we just need to go out there and get Kirk cousins and we'll look like a contender again. Cause this defense is still lights out. This is still a top five defense, you know, losing all of your best players. Obviously you need to fix special teams, but like if you get a competent quarterback, maybe this is the right offense to build around. It was truly just Mac Jones not being able to do it. That's always yeah. an option. But I, I, I think what we also see is just like, no one's really surprised by that. Right? Like I think we've all been saying like, it's kind of inexcusable to go out there in that three-game stretch where the defense allowed 10 or fewer points and 0-3. That's inexcusable. And from a business perspective, this is that first year where the league said every like all these different teams have international markets that they can have a focus on. The Colts game was the Patriots' first time in Germany, which was their international market. Robert Kraft is a businessman. We joked about it at the time where, you know, you have the Chiefs as the other option out there in Germany, and you watch that like exciting Chiefs-Dolphins game, and then you go watch this Patriots team just put up nothing against the Colts. Obviously six points, but it was just such a dud of a game. That hurts the brand. That hurts the international brand. That just is just really something that you want to go out and put your best foot forward from a business perspective. And so to have that happen, to have them flexed out of prime time, to have two shutouts given up at or like put up at home, there's just things over and over again that are just blows to the ego that are truly valid. If Robert Kraft was like, we need to make a change because if it weren't Bill Belichick, not saying that we shouldn't take into account that it is Bill Belichick, that if it were any other coach, we would say, absolutely, they're heading out the door.
0: Yeah, I mean, like that really is the 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 ultimate question is like how much of a leash are you giving Bill Belichick due to what he's accomplished in New England during his tenure? Uh, obviously, he had Tom Brady that helped, but you really can't take away anything that he's done and, and make it seem like he he's less of a coach or anything along those lines. Um, my my thing with this whole thing is, uh, I forgot who said this, but it really made a good point. Is It's impossible or borderline impossible to win in the NFL without – uh, a, at least fringe franchise QB. You have no chance at mm-hmm. Super Bowl without like a, a franchise all-star QB. There may be three or four quarterbacks in the NFL with whom you have a good shot of the Super Bowl. And without like a good quarterback, no coach, no matter who you are, is winning in this yep. league. The Patriots exactly. did not have a quarterback. They didn't. So that's not on Bill Belichick. You say, yes, he drafted Mac Jones, sure. Mm-hmm. But if you look at that 2021 20, draft class, there's Trevor Lawrence. He seems to be working out okay. Zach Wilson, No. Mac Jones, no. Uh, Who else? Justin Fields, no. Trey Lance, no. So four of the five first-round quarterbacks in 2021 didn't work out. And Belichick is going to be primed in 2024 to have a pretty good shot at a franchise quarterback. And he's going to have an opportunity to build a team with a really good defense, good pieces on offense, a lot of cap space, and a franchise quarterback that no coach in the NFL can win without. So I do not see a scenario where getting rid of Bill Belichick and promoting Gerard Mayo, who's amazing. I'd love to see him in a coach somewhere, but getting anybody else in would make totally. that much of a difference because you need a quarterback. And maybe we give Belichick a chance to draft a quarterback, build a franchise quarterback, and then get it back to where he used to go. That's just my personal thought now.
1: Totally. I mean, like you, you've been seeing it around the league, too, where like people are like, well, what's Pete Carroll's record when he doesn't have... Russell Wilson? What is Mike Tomlin's record when he doesn't have Ben Roethlisberger? It's like, yeah, obviously, as you said, if you have a an elite quarterback, you're going to be good. It's a matter of can you manage a team? Can you like handle the other facets? And then to come out here and say this Patriots defense is still a top unit despite losing their best two players their you know rookie of the year candidate cornerback and they're still contending uh, on the defensive side of the ball that's got to be a testament to him obviously there are changes that have to be made I'm not sold on Bill O'Brien being the right fit to come back there are things that I would like to see and I know Bill Belichick uh you know the the oft quoted thing is you If you're going to be doing the cooking, you got to be able to buy the groceries and he's not going to be giving up control of the front office. But I think that there's a lot of things that should be pointed to for if Belichick is going to come, there do have to be changes like they need to have a better offensive scheme because there are offenses that are being led by not elite quarterbacks that are looking mediocre and average. This Patriots offensive room, we've talked about it all year. It's not the worst. Like, obviously, it's lackluster when you see Juju Smith-Schuster out there and Devontae Parker, but like, they were mediocre, at least, looking on other teams. And we've seen this, like, Johnny Smith all of a sudden looks very playable when he's on the Falcons. And so when your offensive system is failing the players, then maybe you need to have a shift there. Maybe you need to have a fundamental realignment at this stage of his career to say, we half-assed bringing in the Shanahan offense with Matt Patricia. That was obviously like a good idea, very poorly executed. Let's fully commit to it this time. We'll draft the best quarterback that we can in the first round, try to position them for success. And we'll like really try it because honestly, at this point, like, I don't know how many better head coaches you're going to get in that role other than Bill Belichick, but it's also very clear that there are areas that he needs help and he's currently not surrounded by the best people that can help him get there. 100%
0: and it also might be he's finally maybe realizing or admitting or coming to grips with the fact that the 2020s era of quarterbacks is a different caliber of player than we've ever seen you just need to be a more athletic more mobile stronger the Mahomes is the Josh Allens the the Jalen Hurts is that caliber of player and the Mac Jones is Unless you're just an absolute assassin with your accuracy and you're able to think three steps ahead all the time, you're going to get lost in these power-running quarterbacks that can run around the backfield for 15 seconds and throw the ball behind their back 60 yards down the field into a tight window. If you don't have that, again, who does have that? But maybe it's just Belichick. It's just kind of Mac Jones represented the last gasp of the, the pure pocket passer. And if Belichick's willing to maybe come to grips with that and and adjust the, D, uh, the offense around that, the Patriots can be successful. They've got a good running game. We didn't really talk about Ezekiel Elliott in this Steelers game. He had a he stepped up big time in relief yeah. duty. They're going to have a good backfield. Um, my guy Ty Montgomery got waived, um, but that was inevitable, I guess. But they're going to have pieces in play. Light you up talked up with the offensive block. line. Yeah, just for oh, that, that was brutal. Um, but they're going to have pieces in play. I know. So I mean, I, I want to see Bill Belichick back for one more year. I I, I don't mm-hmm maybe maybe it's just me being kind of nostalgic for what he's given me as a fan for two decades plus, but I, I want to see him with the number two, number three overall pick in this draft and what he can do with that kind of draft capital. Uh, and if it doesn't work after this year, then let him go. And I don't think we're that much worse off.
1: Totally. Exactly. That's the thing is that like, what's wrong with giving him one more year? Because like, what's going to happen? Is it going to be the, the same thing? And then, okay, well you'll have another top pick to go with the year after that. And like, that's fine when everyone will be a lot more confident in that answer. Uh, And yeah, he hasn't had that top pick in a very long time. Uh, He, if he gets, you know, finally uh, a good offensive system with the players in place where, you know, maybe week one, they can invest in that offensive line. It's about time. haven't done that in a while. And there's free agents on the offensive line. There's all this data out there that having a solid offensive line really strongly correlates with better offensive play. No surprise, because you're going to have to be better running the ball. You're going to have more time and protection for your quarterback. Simple. So maybe you don't go in there with a half-baked offensive line, and then all of a sudden have all these injuries, and you're losing your quarterback's developmental ability because you also had a defensive head coach in charge of the offensive line. Like you just don't set up your team in that way. Um, but I also feel like within that nostalgic sense, like obviously I feel like he's not doing what he needs to on the offensive side of the ball. Um, but I'd rather give him one extra year than remove him one year earlier. Like that's the thing with Brady is like, I don't know, Happy he won that Super Bowl with the Bucks, but it was very clearly a one year early versus one year late. And, uh, you know, that's how Belichick always did it. I kind of wish they didn't do that, weighing against Brady winning that. And so I'd rather them just like, yeah, let Belichick run it out. I don't really like. Worst case scenario is it will be in the exact same spot next year. It would be very ironic, Rich Hill, if they let Bill Belichick go early
0: while he still had some draft capital to be gained as opposed to letting him play out and become decrepit and old on the sidelines. It'll taste your own medicine, Bill, I guess, for the lawyer of the Logan (laughs) Mankids, the Richard Seymours of the years. But uh, I'm with you. We'll see. I'm not going to make you ask and predict. Maybe we'll talk about that when the season's over, if he'll be there or not. I think worst case, they trade for him. You know, they get some draft picks back. He's not going to get fired. It's absurd, that narrative. Um, and he at least got a win on Thursday, which he may very well not do this coming Sunday. So I'd like to talk about Patriots Chiefs coming up uh, after the break. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 moneyline bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use and there's a wide variety of betting options including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com/boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21+ in present Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblinghelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GamesenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. All right, Rich, third and goal, Patch Chiefs. Uh, first thing I want to – we're going to go around the league in a minute, but the first thing I want to talk to you about is maybe this is just me being a crotchety middle-aged man, but the notion that there are people out there for whom maybe scoring see Patrick Mahomes play Monday night is a bucket list item. Maybe they took Tuesday off work, altered vacation plans. It's December. They talked about this planned it months in advance. Monday Night Football probably paid through the nose for tickets And then all of a sudden the NFL is like, you know what? Our ratings won't be as good if we play this game. So you're going to have to watch this game Sunday at one. I'm sorry if you have to just like completely change your life around, but we need to get TV people watching too. This is a really dick move by the NFL in my personal opinion.
1: (laughs) Well, it's one where uh, this was the very first Monday night football to ever get flexed. So this is new territory, which is again, going back to second down. I mean, Kraft's got to be mad so not yeah. just the fans but kraft has got to be this is your prime time like thing but also uh i forget who was writing about this but craft's on the broadcast committee so like he knows he he knows they wouldn't have done this without his permission on it uh but yeah no it, it's frustrating it is one where i'm like i'm kind of glad it's not prime time uh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel bad for the folks that had planned around it totally understand that I don't want to be up at eleven thirty watching this game. <laughs> how about you?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. Just, I'm sure there's some kind of like you know time subject to change, and maybe they'll be getting compensated. I don't know how it works if you paid a lot of money for a Monday night game, and now your your tickets worth maybe a third of that. But you know, it would just it would just suck to take Tuesday off of work and Monday off of work and use vacation days you didn't need to use because you thought you're going to go see like a Monday night game in prime time and now you're seeing it mm-hmm. Sunday at 1. It just and, and the only reason is so NFL gets better TD ratings. There's no other logical reason to do that besides money grab for the NFL. But I digress. That's just my little rant. This <laughs> definitely not the most interesting game on the slate, so I get why it got flexed out. It's now Sunday at 1. The new Monday night game is what? Eagles-Seahawks, I believe, which is a more interesting game. Uh, mm-hmm. Are there any games on the slate you're excited about, Rachel? For me, I know Cowboys-Bills is a big one. A, it's going to be a, a good game. B, my wife's a Cowboys fan. My five-in-law's a Cowboys fan. So we're going to be watching that one pretty closely around here. Uh Jets-Dolphins mm-hmm. is now suddenly interesting. So some pretty cool games on the slate yep. this week.
1: Yeah. Um Obviously one that we'll all be paying attention to is Falcons on the road against the the Panthers. Uh, if there's one thing that we count on with the, the Falcons is losing against teams that they shouldn't. So if we're – Thinking that the Patriots have any shot at a first overall pick, the Panthers have to win this game. So I will definitely be watching that one. Um, The other games, I kind of feel like a sneaky, interesting game. Denver versus Detroit, two teams heading in the complete opposite directions at this stage of the season. Denver has been playing a little bit better uh, as of late, and Detroit has really fallen off since their bye week. I think the splits for Jarrett Goff is uh, he's now a pumpkin uh, now that it's hit midnight. So that'll be interesting. Um, but the, the one that probably will be of most interest to me is Ravens on the road against the Jaguars. Um mm. Trevor Lawrence dealing with an ankle injury Ravens are the only 10 team 10 win team in the the AFC right now curious to see if Lamar Jackson can pull it off I mean that would be an interesting story too you know MVP a few years back everyone was like oh was that a flash in the pan he's playing very well right now uh, Zay flowers has been a very productive rookie receiver for them out of Boston College and the Jaguars you know they held the one seed for a week. I don't know. It wasn't a very long time, but like in theory, this could be a, a very interesting game between the two of them and Florence is able to play at a high level.
0: It could be. Uh, There's kind of a, a lot of games a lot of playoff implications are on the line. This is the time of season where winning in or you win a little bit of help, you lock a playoff seating. So it's really fun to watch. Uh, and again, on the opposite end of it, we're looking for draft picks. Uh, luckily the Patriots still hold that number two overall pick, number three overall pick because of the Cardinals were on a buy past week so they didn't lose any draft status with the win against Pittsburgh but a slightly different opponent this week Rich Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs they're coming off a pretty rough loss to the Buffalo Bills on some questionable officiating um, some drops some classic Mahomes magic that never quite came to fruition they're probably going to be pretty pissed off coming into this game and looking to reassert some AFC dominance and looking to beat up on an inferior opponent. Uh, It's not a good time to be a Patriot coming into that game, I don't think. So let's start with the Chiefs' offense, which is the one that's uh, under the spotlight this week because of that Tony offsides play against the Patriots' defense. Uh, If the Patriots, in my opinion, have any shot at all, they're going to have to do a 2018 AFC Championship game repeat and completely shut Mahomes out in the first half and limit him in the second How are you doing that if you are Bill Belichick limiting the Chiefs potent offense?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think there's something that we all have to like come to terms with, too, is that this is not the Chiefs offense that you're used to. Going back to like that first down kind of a thing with Juju Smith-Schuster made this offense look a lot better. This is a a Chiefs offense that is living on just kind of the gasps of Patrick Mahomes. They're like a fringe top 10 offense. This is not the offense that we're used to. They're two and four. Over the past six games that they've had with losses to the Broncos, uh, the, the Packers led by Jordan Love, and then this heartbreak against the Bills, but they've also only surpassed 21 points once over that stretch and that was against the Raiders. So they don't have a lot of pieces. Their top player is uh from a yards perspective is Isaiah Patico and he's, you know, dealing with an air shoulder injury. I mean, so he's not really participating right now. Uh he he hasn't been practicing. And so that's a big player that they're going to be missing on their offense. Travis Kelsey continues to plug along as a very, very productive receiver for them. But it's really hard to win when your best receiver is a tight end and there's not a lot of really reliable complementary pieces around them. Uh, Rashid Rice, is a good young rookie wide receiver for them but if your best receiver is a rookie and then your other two players that you're relying on for yards justin watson marquez valdez scantling are just boom bust can they catch that 50 yard catch or not it's not a very sustainable offense especially with your running back out and so This is going to be one of those situations where if you're the Patriots, if you can make sure that Travis Kelsey doesn't go out there and have a field day, it's going to be a very, very big day out there for both uh, for Duggar and Peppers. Um, They're going to be my X factors. I feel like they continue to be my X factors. But if the two of them can have a very strong day against Travis Kelsey, I trust that the Patriots cornerbacks can do a pretty reliable job against uh these wide receivers they're they're big they're fast um but i I think that the patriots can make sure that kelsey doesn't continue to move the chains then there will be a lot of opportunities for the patriots defense to force you know third and long situations where maybe they can take advantage of a turnover because uh patrick mahomes the offense has been a little less protective of the football uh at this point this year Um, I believe that uh, they've just been turned over at a very, very high clip. They're 27th in the league, uh, I believe. So they're turning the ball over a lot. Um, But if the Patriots can take advantage of those situations, then maybe they'll have an opportunity to keep it close and have some weird things happen at the end of the game.
0: It is going to need to be some weird things happening at the end of the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I do think if you could double
0: Kelsey or mark him out of the game, that is a strategy a lot of teams are employing against the Chiefs to mixed results. I mean, Kelsey's a strong enough player that he's able to beat a lot of double coverages and find holes in the zone and whatnot. But he's starting to get older. You know, when he's 30, 34 years old. He's not the Kelsey of old. And, and that's that's definitely showing with the way the Chiefs are producing or they're not producing. Um, is, is, are Adrian Phillips and Jalen Mills still on the, the Patriots, Rich Hill? Do they still exist as players?
1: I think uh Phil played like two snaps.
0: <laughs> two snaps. All right, so he's still around. I feel like this might everyone kinda like forgot about him and Jalen Mills, like they're still on the team. They were contributors last year, and they've kind of just completely fallen off the radar. Now, I, I don't think that they're gonna be anything major, but I kind of have this streak of just picking ridiculous X factors. I may as well keep that going with this one and have a scenario. Maybe it's Duggar, uh, uh peppers and Phillips and Phillips serves kind of like, he's like an in the box linebacker guy. And your job is just to kill Patrick Mahomes on every single snap. And that's what you have to do. Um, I he's so good at just scrambling around back there. I, I almost it's worth assigning a player to him. I think like a Jawan Bentley is too slow to to follow him side to side. I'm not going to use any other linebackers to to kind of just track him. And if you're going to have Duggars and or Peppers on Travis Kelsey, somebody's got to take up Mahomes' duty. And maybe that's Jalen Mills. Maybe it's Adrian Phillips. Maybe he's one of these forgotten cornerbacks with a little more range, a little more size that can keep him in the pocket? Because I do think you're right in that the Patriots' cornerbacks can match up against the Chiefs' receivers pretty well. It's just can they do it forever? And the answer is no. And I can just see a scenario where Mahomes gets loose. The Patriots are very good at getting quarterbacks trapped and then them escaping and then them making this big play down the field. We saw Gardner issue of all people against the Colts. So maybe they get somebody like a Phillips, like a Mills. To s- Mahomes is your responsibility. Don't let him run around. And they can limit production that way.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that could be fair. Mahomes is always so dangerous on that one. And I think where the Patriots defense has been really exceptional this year is on their defensive front. I I feel like uh, maybe it doesn't even have to be like a one person job because the defensive front has been doing a very reliable job. They're number one in the league against the run for a reason. Godshaw playing outstanding football on the nose he uh you know i I don't think he was playing at this level last year he has really elevated his play i think that he's become like that cornerstone interior defensive lineman that they've been looking for for a while because remember the patriots had a lot of problems uh stopping the run in recent years and they've just really just been really good right now um barmore continues to play really strong football but i think on the front the player that i feel like uh is very much a Patriots will extend him kind of a player is Anthony Jennings. He, mm. to me, has that Rob Minkovich style ability on the edge where, you know, he's not going to be a year one take over the world kind of a player. But, you know, at this stage of his career, I think he gets a second contract with the Patriots. I think that he is that stout, consistent edge defender that Belichick really relies on and really appreciates where he's not going to rack up all of the sacks, but he leads the team with eight tackles for loss. He has three quarterback hits, so he's able to knock down the quarterback. He is reliable. He doesn't make mistakes really on the edge. He can set the tone on the edge. And if he and, you know, if Dietrich Wise is on the other side, Keon White really hasn't been playing as much. But if you can have those players on the other side, squeeze Mahomes with Godshaw in the middle, Barmore in the middle, Patriots are going to be able to get sacks and also not allow Mahomes to extend plays. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And again, I, I, I think defensively, the Patriots match up well against the Chiefs. I think this is not a matchup where I'm looking at this Chiefs offense. I mean, like, how the hell are they going to stop this? Again, like you, you made a good point. This is not the Chiefs offense we're used to of years past. I think Mahomes and, and, and Kelsey still kind of offer this kind of semblance of that, but they just don't have the weapons anymore, and it shows. Um, defensively, they can hang. The question, Rich Hill, is offensively, can the Patriots hang with the Chiefs defense? Uh, fourth and goal, Patriots offense, Chiefs defense, are we going to see another competent half out of Bailey Zappi? No. Is this going to be the kind of thing? No, we're not. So this is just going to be a, a turd of a game. I don't think Ramondre Stevenson has been practicing so far. So it's still going to be Ezekiel Elliott, which is fine based on the Stewart's game. He's a very, very competent backup. Uh, Pop Douglas is back to practice. So there should be some relief coming there. But uh, relief is a very relative term, Rich Hill. Um you got to just run the ball, run the ball. Maybe take a deep shot, run the ball some more, and just try and dink your dunk your way down the field and play really smart possession football here. If they can just generate some twenty-five play, ninety-yard, twelve-minute drives that end in touchdowns, that might be enough to get the win here. Uh, easier said than done, obviously, seeing as how their last drives in the second half of the last Steelers game were like four plays.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I this is also again not the chiefs defense that you're used to they rank third in the league in points allowed this is a very good defense they're obviously like not as stout against the run a lot of that's due to circumstance they are uh top five defense against the past that's why i don't think that we're going to get another half of magic from bailey zappy out there uh this team very strong up front They have a very, they're very, very deep. Uh, They have, I think, seven players with three or more sacks on that defense. And so they have a strong rotation of at least four players on the edge that can really get after the quarterback. Uh, Chris Jones uh, continues to be a force up the middle. Uh, Drew Tranquil has been a reliable linebacker for them in the middle of it. Like This is a team that runs deep up front. They're definitely a little bit weaker in the secondary, but this is, you know, this is very familiar to Patriots fans, a typical Steve Spagnolo defense. Remember those Giants games in 07 and 11, where that defensive front can just make it a nightmare for your quarterback? doesn't really matter if there's any weakest weaknesses in the secondary because the Patriots offensive line is going to have their hands full. I am not feeling good or confident about the Patriots offensive lines, ability to withstand this pressure from this offensive uh, defensive front of the chiefs. And then you add in Trent McDuffie is actually still a very good cornerback out there. And uh Legerious Snead has been playing really well. 11 passes defended for Sneed, seven for McDuffie. Uh, you, you have a really talented safety duo, Uh, and Reed and as well as uh, Edwards has been playing really well out there. Brian Cook has been playing well at safety. So I guess there's three of them that play a a fair amount. This is going to be a really tough time for the Patriots to move the ball, to extend it. I wouldn't be surprised if based off of the expected pressure, we see that Patriots offensive game plan that they had against the Chargers where Bailey Zappi's average depth of target was negative two yards. I am fully (laughs) expecting that.
0: Yeah, it's funny. You know, we we talked about uh, the Steelers again. How huh? maybe they opened up the playbook? Maybe they showed some more confidence. Allowed him, allowed the receivers to gain more separation. Give him some more high risk throws. You you touched on that throw to Juju Smith-Schuster in the first quarter. That was a contested throw. He was covered and he placed it in a good spot, and Juju caught it. Uh, they gave him no chance to do that against the Chargers. And are they going to do that again? I don't know. This seems to me on paper to be a perfect Mike Gusecki game. I feel like he's the kind of player that would do really, really well against his defense, create some mismatches. Oh? You find this. Yeah, exactly. On paper, this could be a really good Mike Gusecki game. He's a big tight end slash receiver hybrid where you line him up. You see who's covering him. You motion him in and out, depending on the scheme you're, you're being shown and you adjust your plays around that. Uh, he'll probably get one target and no catches, but this should be, a good Mike Kasecki game, but it's probably going to be a, a big Hunter Henry game because seems to be the only tight end that's, that seems to be catching passes. So t- Hunter Henry is my X factor for this one. He had a very strong showing against the Steelers in that first half. I feel like he should keep that up against the Chiefs in this one. Uh, again, it should be Mike Kasecki's my X factor. Maybe Kasecki's G- my Y factor because why isn't he getting the ball? <laughs> but um, but uh, Hunter Henry is my X factor here. I think it's very, very run heavy and I don't really see a whole lot of hundred yard receiving days for anybody on this one.
1: Yeah. I mean, can we also talk about how Gasecki has 13 more catches than Pharaoh Brown and has eight more yards than him? That's what is he, what is he doing on the, I feel like uh, he has hurt his free agency value so much by signing with the Patriots. That's so frustrating for him. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you look at the Patriots, Stevenson, not likely to play. Uh, douglas hopefully he can play um but if your engine of this offense is going to be elliot douglas and uh you know hunter henry maybe you can do a little bit of something i hope parker is able to go juju smith schuster had a good game because like i mean if zappy as we are expecting will be under center i don't know like zappy does seem to do well with them that was obviously something that we touched on last time uh where it was very clearly Devontae parker talking to the media but he had you know 64 yards against the chargers juju Smith schuster had a relatively productive day uh against the steelers like he had that big catch as we said but 90 yards could zappy be the one that gets them both involved on the outside while pop douglas is able to produce out of the slot that's kind of what the team's ideal offensive playset was, you know, with Bourne instead of Pop Douglas. But like, that's what they envisioned at the start of the year was that you'd have Devonte Parker on the outside. You'd have Juju Smith-Schuster as the Z. You'd have Bourne in theory, but then Pop Douglas as your number three and Hunter Henry as your starting tight end. You bring in Gisecki in the red zone. That's the offense that they wanted. So right now, they have the offensive line they wanted. They'll likely have as healthy as they can be, the receiving core they wanted. This might be the best chance we get all year to see what Bill O'Brien kind of intended for this offense.
0: Yeah, and maybe we'll see uh, some creative Taekwon Thornton action. Those reverses, those jet sweeps. He's not catching he's not catching passive, so may as well get him involved there as well. I don't see why Ugh. not. We talked about it, we talked about it before the podcast went live is why why would they be conservative at this point? Like what do they have to lose? Why would they not have allow us to watch some like interesting, fun football? If the freaking Giants fans can do their chef's kiss, Tommy DeVito, Guido impressions for the quarterback. That's not taking them anywhere. They're still having fun with it. Why can't we at least do that? I would be all in on a Patriots victory over the Chiefs if they could be like fun in the process. But if they capitalize on a couple of dumb mistakes by the Chiefs, and then they hold on to win like 20 to 19 because everything – that's just not the kind of football I want to see. I want to have some fun these last four weeks of the season – playoffs are out it's an absolute disaster why not just throw the playbook out there and just see what we have and what cool plays they can throw At this Chiefs team. Why don't they do them? They won't, but they should.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, like, I I want them to have fun, too, because, like, I can't stand watching boring football. That's, like, the biggest sin that you can have right now in the modern NFL is that you don't have to be the best team out there. Obviously, that's the goal. But the worst thing you can do as a team is go out there and be uninteresting. And this has been a fundamentally uninteresting team the majority of dating back to 2019. Honestly, we were talking about this back in 2019 when they weren't really competing. Even 2018 when they won the Super Bowl outside of the playoff run. It's just, it's a fundamentally boring offense. And then when it's not being done well, if it's not being executed by Tom Brady, then it's just... Bad. It is bad football to watch. It is unenjoyable football to watch. No one wants you to just run it on first down and then get incomplete pass and then be on a third and long and just go three and out. No one wants that. It's one of those areas where just let Zappy go out there, throw the ball deep. If he hits it, that's great. Like at least make it exciting when he goes out there. Don't overthink it. You're not going to win this in a possession style game. So just go have fun with it. And I want the Patriots to just, uh, you know flip the script a little bit and be an interesting team to watch
0: but will they that is the real question will they be interesting this game had a whole bunch of hype around it coming into the season Patriots Chiefs Monday night Pats will be looking for a wild card spot Chiefs in line for that one seed that's what we all thought the narrative would be back in September Samsonite we were way off just the way it is I got nothing else in this game, which I'm just looking forward to, like you, I'm, I didn't buy a ticket, so I'm excited to have it over by 4 p.m. and not spend Monday till midnight watching it and then having to read an article about it the next morning. I'll get it out of the way. Uh, let's get to predictions. Unless You got something else you want to talk about? Nope, let's go on, man. All right, so... Let's see here. I had, huh? Look at me, I picked the Patriots to beat the Steelers 13 to seven last week, and you had the Steelers winning for 14 to wow. three, which wasn't a ridiculous pick 14 to three Steelers. Based on what we've <laughs> seen in the past couple of weeks. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to give any, any guff for that, but the <laughs> hammer's back where it belongs with me. Uh, again, the chiefs are pissed right now. They feel like they got jobbed by the referees, the offsides call, I don't really care yeah. about that. I don't think they handled themselves as well as they could have. But that's neither here nor there. That's what happens. They're going to be mad. I feel like they're probably upset they lost the primetime game. This, the revenue, and the hype, and the all that. They're coming to New England, and they are going to beat the crap out of them. Uh, it might not be a a like forty nine to nothing kind of blowout. But this is not going to be a game the Patriots are competitive in. I think the Chiefs win this something like twenty four to thirteen Kansas City in the game. that's probably not even that close.
1: Uh, I was going to say pretty much the exact same thing. 24 to 10 uh, Chiefs is going to be my guess where the Patriots get like a garbage score at the end of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's one where I don't know. Do you think that uh, I I feel like just one more just really, really bad day for the Patriots? This is a home game. Another really bad outing. Will there be any world if they just like start clearing house with the Patriots coaching staff earlier rather than later? Like we've already seen Ross Douglas, their wide receivers coach sign with Syracuse is like, is there any outing here where you start seeing like, not just the cracks at the foundation, but just an acceptance that this is the end. Yeah, it's tough. I feel like this is the time of year where the coaches that leave, like they get gigs somewhere
0: else. But I don't imagine there's there's college teams knocking down every Patriots coach's door on the offense. I'm amazed that anybody, one of a receiver's coach <laughs> in New England in any capacity, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we've all kind of I, – I also feel like we – I mean, this game was pegged as a loss back in, like, August. Like, no one had yeah. the Patriots winning this game, even when they were supposed to be good. So, I, I don't know if there's a scenario where, like, a big loss here to, to an angry Kansas City team who's still gunning for that one seed is going to somehow – be the game that just causes it all to crumble i think there's a very strong case he made about that colts game because the colts weren't a good team and the Patriots put a huge goose egg up in in, in germany but this is just one of those games that it's a one o'clock game no one's going to watch it pats are going to lose we're going to move on pretty quickly um i don't really see any kind of earth-shattering revelations after this one personally
1: yeah no i I think that's fair it's one where it's like the cowboys and saints game were complete embarrassments that's the style of the game where like maybe bill o'brien gets fired if that's what happens kind of a performance uh because like there needs to be some indication that everyone understands that this can't stand um if they do a redux of the you know colts commanders Giants stretch i don't know i kind of actually feel like that'd be like uh if you hold this chiefs to almost no points and you still lose like kind of cool on the defense good for you (sighs) (laughs) Uh, it's one where it's like i feel like if they lose by 25 or more points there's got to be someone that doesn't coach the next week because that's just a continuation of total failure and there there has to be some change Um, but i don't think that there's any world where there's like, like a catastrophic enough something to happen where it's like extraordinarily evident that belichick's gone
0: yeah, I mean, maybe they fire Bill O'Brien after this something like that, but I, I don't see this kind of again. I don't I can't imagine be like, oh my gosh, they the twenty twenty three Patriots lost to the Chiefs. How could this have happened? Let's clean house. Like, of course they're gonna lose to the Chiefs. It's a good team against a bad team. That's what happens. Yeah, uh, I think the real nightmare scenario is the Patriots pull off the kind of Cleveland Browns versus the Patriots two thousand twelve upset out of nowhere, and all of a sudden jobs get saved because of it. That's what I'm more worried about, Rich.
1: Well, we will see We'll come back at this game. Actually, we're heading into the final stretch of the season, Alec. Just completely, thankfully, uh, we'll be breaking down Patriots, Chiefs, whatever may uh, fall on the field uh, next week. Alec, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I'm literally – I have a limp right now, Rich.
0: I'm limping, and I didn't do anything to hurt myself exercise-wise. I really think it is this season is taking a physical toll on my body, and I'm glad it's almost over. Oh, well, uh,
1: me too, man. And until next time, man, you have a good one. See ya, bud. Peace.